I'm the best in the world at what I do. I've been the best since day one. On this microphone, in the booth, in my bed, I live it. I breathe it. I am it. Welcome to the Soldier. What up, people? Welcome to another edition of the Salty Thoughts of Donnie Ooh podcast, featuring the one and only Donnie Ooh, best of what he does. This week, I will be giving my views on this past weekend's week two action in the National Football League. As usual, I'll be narrowing my focus to my beloved New York J-E-T-S, Jets, 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 and the other team in town, the New York Football Giants. I might sprinkle in my observances throughout the rest of the league in the first two weeks, and I will be having another edition of the newest segment to this here. Sorty Doors to Donnie Ooh podcast entitled Donnie Doesn't Know What the Hell He's Doing. Yeah. So that's what's going to be on tap this week. I don't know how this episode is going to go. I'm just going to let you know right now um, due to changes at my shoot job, my schedule. It's been kind of erratic. So uh, I'm really recording this at a time that normally I wouldn't record this. But try to stay true to my word. Try to stay a man of my word. I am going to bless the masses with this episode at a scheduled time. <laughs> yeah. Reality the intro is going to be nice, short, and sweet this week because I'm going to try to do this in one take. Well, normally, I always do this in one take. That's why you hear all the flubs, the stutters, the background noise, or what have you. But um, I'm really going to do this in one take, and I'm going to try to give y'all the best damn podcast that Donnie U is able to do. At this current time. So without further ado. Let's get this shit on the road. All right. Good night. And goodbye. Bang. 
on this week's edition of Donnie Doesn't Know What the Hell He's Doing. <laughs> you know, my fantasy focus of the week. I am proud to say that your boy did a complete 180 from last week. Not only did I win my matchup, I came in third in the league in points. Holla at your boy. Now, that might make you come up with a question of, well, Donnie, how did you do it? Donnie, how did you turn that frown upside down, dude? Well, I'll tell you exactly how I did it. I stopped giving a fuck. Yeah. It's as simple as that. Instead of trying to be the smartest person in the room, instead of trying to have my whole lineup be sleepers, so like the wealth is distributed equally, you know, it was almost like my lineup was communist in his thinking. <laughs> I don't know why that shit came to my mind. Anyway, but instead of you know, just trying to, all right, get a whole bunch of $5,000 players and letting shit ride. I said, you know what? I'm going to go with the favorites. I'm going to go with chalk for the most part. Here's what, here's the lineup that your boy, Donnie, put on the board this past week. Quarterback, I had Justin Herbert. At one of the running back slots, I had chubb nick chubb from um from cleveland then my one sleeper that i was trying to hit on figuring jacksonville is a damn sorry team and denver feel they, they just feel different they feel like they consist they can have sustained success so i picked the r running back from them um williams and eh, he only gave me like eight and a half points but it was better than nil now, for my wide right receiver slots, I had Keenan Allen. So I actually stacked that, being the fact that I picked Herbert as the quarterback. Eh, it it worked out. I mean, I, I it wasn't a net it wasn't a net negative. You know, pretty much I I feel like I broke even and I actually gained a couple points against my opponent that way. Then I had um C D Lamb. From Dallas. The funny thing is, with me, normally I try to stray away from picking players against teams that are going to get go against each other, unless I think it's going to be a high scoring affair. And even though, I mean, well, that was my mindset picking these picking these players, um, Herbert Lamb. And Allen in the same game. Because I figured Sandy, oh, well, my bad. Los Angeles, Los Angeles Chargers in, in Dallas were going to go back and forth, which they did, but they just they just didn't put no points on the board. It was a very penalty-riddled game. Now, Lamb garnered me the, the majority of the points through that uh, trick play at the end of the at, at the end of the first half. So um 
regardless, I, I, I really had I had no dog in the fight except for the fact that I had two players on the Chargers and I had one player for the Cowboys. But regardless, C.D. Lamb gave me 17 and a half points. Very respectable for an actual number two running, I mean, two wide receiver, even though to me, he's the number one, he's the number one option on that team. Especially if Gallup is out, Lamb is that number one option. I believe uh, Cooper, Amari Cooper, only had like two or three catches for like 30 some odd yards. He, yes, he had a, he had a key catch at the end of the game to uh, set up the winning field goal for Dallas. But um, like I said, I don't have a rooting interest in that team except for the individual players. I didn't pick Cooper. I could care less what Cooper did. But you know one Cooper I did care about? That I did care what his production was going to be? And that's Cooper Cup from the Los Angeles Rams. My boy gave me 39.8 points in that in that um third wide receiver slot. Cooper Cup, Robert um Robert Woods from the Rams. Even though they have they have a change in quarterback, I believe it's an upgrading quarterback, and that system is the system. And that system, Cooper Cup eats. When I say he eats, he eats lovely. So to me, that's almost that's almost like my fallback. Unless they're going against a, a very stout defense, a, a defense with a very stout secondary. If Cooper Cup is within that six to seven thousand dollar range, I'm choosing him all week, every week. Enough said. Now for the tight end slot, the only tinkering I did initially, I had Rob Gronkowski as my tight end, and he was, well, which got a uh, Tampa Bay played the four o'clock slot, and this goes back to my fantasy OG Mojo King's advice. Well, advice, advice on um. If you're going to pretty much play the time difference, always try to play the time difference in the flex position. So you can always swap out multiple positions because the flex um, encompasses the running back position, the right receiver position, and the tight end position. So with that mind, with that in mind, what I did was I moved Gronkowski from the tight end slot into the flex position, because for some reason I just had a feeling that uh, going against the putrid Atlanta Falcons, that uh, Gronkowski was going to eat, and eat he did to the tone of 19 points. Yeah, damn near 20 points with 19.9. He got two quick touchdowns. He was pretty much silent for the rest of the game, but that's all I needed. So I moved him to the flex, and then I um, inserted Noah Fant from the um, previously mentioned Denver Broncos. I inserted him as my tight end slot, and he gave he gave me thirteen points. And then, last but not least, in the def- in the defensive slot, that's usually where you try to, because unless this a lot of turnovers you're not going to really get a lot of points from there you just don't want to have negative points so i feel that and this is this is my bias playing in which is going to probably bite me in the ass which it did last week when i was coming to the giants but 
I figured, you know what? My Jets defense is decent. I don't have that much confidence with Matt jo- Mac Jones shredding my defense. So I chose the Jets. The Jets got me three points. Now, in that lineup, me and my opponent shared Herbert. We shared Allen. We shared Lamb. We shared Cooper Cup. So it really came down to Carson from the Seattle from the Seattle um, Seahawks to Gronkowski. Gronkowski had damn near twenty. Carson had fifteen. I picked up one on the defense. Mine had three. He had two, and I picked up thirteen points at the tight end position. He had Higby. I had Fan. Higby didn't come through for him. He only had like two points. So by me going quote unquote chalk and then actually hitting on Gronkowski due to the fact that I I, I flipped it into the flex position equal to W for your boy. Now, that's what I'm going to do next week. I am going to give less than a fuck about trying to see which sleeper is going to be in all the all these positions. I know I'm going to need at least one. And not need and I'm not going to really need them to pop. I'm just going to need them to give me something representative to keep me in the race. And like I said before, I know how my if my mindset is correct in uh, formulating my lineup for the amount of points that I get. Not so much my wins, but my points. My points mean that, well, for me, that I'm picking, well, picking pretty much well-known players, um, consistent players, players I know that's going to that's gonna um, produce. And then um, hopefully uh, hit on it. Hit on a sleeper. Try to stay even on the defense. Hit on a sleeper. Keep my flex flexible. Pardon the pun. And uh, try to try if I'm going to do chalk. Try to get the players that are most liable to uh, really show out that week. So I'm not losing any ground from them, and it comes down to survival of the fittest. So. Even though everything I just explained, you you would think that well, that sounds like somebody that had a that formulated a plan and knew exactly what he was doing. Damn right, you know I, I knew I was doing. Uh, not really. It was more like a a hail mary. Um, just threw it up in the air, threw it, it at the fucking wall and saw if it, and saw if it stuck. And it happened to stick this week. So. Does Donnie really know what the fuck he's doing? No, he doesn't. But for this week, W-I-N. Now, I haven't decided whether I'm going to give a broad uh, a broad look at the league in review or I'm going to narrow down and start talking about these darn giants. I figured, you know what? Let's get the league out the way because I got a lot of things I need to talk about when it comes to these New York football giants. 
Now, one of the somewhat surprising teams of the first two weeks have been the Arizona Cardinals led by Kyler Murray, the dynamic Kyler Murray. But even though they are 2-0, in that very difficult NFC West, they did dodge a bullet when the Minnesota Vikings missed a 34-yard field goal at the end of the game. The Los Angeles Rams are 2-0. They're chugging along. The 49ers came back and beat the Philadelphia Eagles, who saw Jalen Hurts, unfortunately, take a step back in his development. And um, Seattle coughed up a 12-point fourth-quarter lead against the Tennessee Titans, who uh, narrowly avoided an 0-2 start that could have definitely derailed their Super Bowl hopes. <laughs> the Saints came back down to earth. Aaron Rodgers proving the haters wrong. Brady just being Brady. <sighs> Justin Fields got, got, got called into action due to an injury to Andy Dalton. And he led his Bears to a victory over the Cincinnati Bengals. The Buffalo Bills whooped the Miami Dolphins, you know what, 35 zip. And Miami lost their quarterback due to bruised ribs. And he's questionable for this next week's game. They said there was no uh, structural damage and it's pretty much pain tolerance. Hmm. I will get into the New York Jets in the New England Patriots when I start talking about my beloved J-E-T-S Jets. Pittsburgh lost against the Las Vegas Raiders behind Derek Carr's second consecutive 400-yard game. Las Vegas is leading the AFC West at a record of two and zip. Sunday Night Football. Baltimore came back and they erased a 12-point, or should I say 11-point deficit in the fourth quarter behind Lamar Jackson to beat the defending AFC champion, Kansas City Chiefs. Kansas City coughed up the ball with just over two minutes remaining in the game, which gave Baltimore the opportunity to sort away the game. And on fourth and one, Lamar Jackson put a nail in the coffin of the Kansas City Chiefs. So Kansas City is 1-1 one and, one and Baltimore is 1-1. One and one. Cleveland is 1-1. One and one. They came from behind and beat Houston, who lost their quarterback, Tyrod Taylor. And um, Deshaun Rodson is not getting in the game. No siree. Now... I believe I touched upon about 85% of the league right off the top of my mother effing head. <laughs> I'm that nice. Anyway, so let's get down to business. I should christen my name when it comes to these New York football giants as the GFK. Giant football killer. 
<laughs> I know I'm on some bullshit. Now, okay. I'm 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 going I'm going to I'm going to call a spade a spade. I am going to be 100% objective when I talk to these giants. There's a misconception out there that I hate the giants and that is far from the case. I do not hate the giants. I just choose to hold them accountable on this here platform. That's it. I love I love my Jets, but I do not. I repeat, I do not hate the Giants. I hate the coverage that they're given. I hate the bias that I see towards them, but I do not hate the football Giants at all. To prove how much I do not hate the football giant. Matter of fact, you know what? I'm going to disprove everything I just said. Well, not everything. If there's anything I dislike, this current version of the New York football giants. That's the best way I can explain it. I respected the Giants back in the 80s when your boy, young Donnie Ooh, was first getting engrossed in the magnificent sport of football. Like I've told y'all before, or maybe I haven't. Here's a little antidote. Do y'all know how your boy Donnie became such a beleaguered, such a tortured Jet fan? For over damn near 40 years next year. Do y'all know? I bet y'all don't know. Okay. Now, back in the day, before we had cable, before we had flat screen TVs and all that good shit. Definitely before we had remote controls. Remote controls were only given or pretty much they was only available to those who had the means to get it, which was few and far between. Having a color TV in itself was considered lavish. <laughs> so. The color TV. In my house, when I was growing up, was in my mother's room. In my mother's bedroom. And it was on this. It was on this dresser. And. Being the fact that I was six years old. Your boy wasn't that tall. So. What. I was able to touch. Was the knob at the bottom of the TV. To turn the TV on. Back in the day. And I, when I mean back in the day, I mean really back in the day, in the 80s, perhaps the 70s, but I'm only talking about the 80s right here and now. NFL coverage came on two channels, two networks during the season. Not counting Monday Night Football, which used to come on Channel 7 in New York, ABC. The two networks that used to carry the Sunday package was NBC and CBS in New York, Channel 4 and Channel 2, respectively. So, 
being the fact that my mother was a fan of watching Saturday Night Live at, you know, on Saturday night, and more than likely she probably fell asleep either toward the end or shortly thereafter. The TV was on channel four. I was not tall enough to turn the knob, turn the channel. I was tall enough to turn the channel, turn the TV on. So that's what I did. So I would come in Sunday, you know, Sunday morning. When I first got my taste of football, and this was just college football, I, I just remember, I remember, I remember Georgia, the Georgia Bulldogs because of the G on their helmets. And I remember Syracuse because his helmets was orange with a blue and white stripe. It was almost like the Browns, but except their, their stripe was blue and white instead of brown and white. So I knew football came on a Sunday. So I would come in the room and I would turn on the TV. And being the fact that TV is on channel four, AFC used to be on channel four. Well, ABC, um, the AFC used to be on NBC and the NFC used to be on CBS. So I'll turn on and I'll see the Jets. And that's how your boy Donnie became a Jets fan. Now, if my mother used to watch the Rockford Files rerun on Channel 2 late night at set on Saturday, I probably would have became a Giants fan, but I didn't. I became a Jets fan. Such is my luck. But I started loving football. I started loving watching football. So whenever football was on, I went to watch it. So, you know, of course, gradually I would get my TV and then I would be able to turn the channel. And then on Sundays, I, all right, there's a doubleheader. Jets come on channel four. Giants come on channel two or vice versa. This is where I start learning about Phil Sims, Joe Morris, Mark Bavaro, Mark Ingram, uh, McCaffrey, McConkey, Sean Landetta, Oates, Banks, of course, LT, Burt, Reasons, Myron Guyton. I could go on and on and on and on and on. And this information is not retained by somebody who hates a team unless they really just hate the fucking individuals. I respected the Giants. I respected them in 86. I respected them in 90. I'll even speed up the timeline. 07 with Bradshaw and... uh. Jacobs, Plaxico, Smith, all of them. Manning, of course, Eli, all of them. O.C., um, Tuck, Strahan. They had plays. They had Hart, Coughlin. I'll even... I'll even throw a bone to the fossil years with uh Kerry Collins and, and and those people. They got to the they got to the uh Super Bowl, got stomped, but they got to the Super Bowl. I throw a bone to them. 
You know why? Because those teams earned your respect. Those teams, whether they stunk it up one week, they didn't make the playoffs in consecutive years. You just, you, you, I, I don't know. It's just something about the franchise as a whole and even the fans, even the fans. But it's been a decade. Yeah, all right, fine. It's been 60 years since my team even sniffed something. Matter of fact, I'm lying. It's been 10 years since we sniffed something. Shoot. Sniff. Interesting. Anyway. But it's been it's been 10 years. And the way the franchise operates and the way the fan base, I would say the younger fan base that's only privy to the last uh, which got championship? The way they move, it's just like nah, 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 nah. They've been stinking for years, for years. Haven't had no fucking plan either. Eli was with them for 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 majority of those years. They were stinking. Eli only been gone three years. I got a stat, cause I took notes. The Giants have started 0-2 in the season eight of the last nine years. Eight of the last nine years, they have started out 0-2. For the last five years straight, they have started 0-2. The only game, I mean, the only year they have been above 500 Matter of fact, the last time they had been above 500, period, was the last game of 2016, which was coincidentally the, the year they last made the playoffs, which is coincidentally the year that they decided to go on a boat trip in between the last game of the regular season and the wild card game against the Packers because Certain players who are no longer there thought that they, it was just a, which guard, it was a guard given right that uh, they were just going to repeat history and uh, just ride Eli. Eli pulled, Eli did his, which guard, which guard pulled his part of the bargain. Other team, uh, other players didn't. And that, to me, that's where I started having a little dislike. So maybe, maybe, maybe which one? Maybe I should blame my dislike on Odell. But remember, Odell's rookie season with him and um, Norman, who at the time was a cornerback from the Carolina Panthers, were getting into it and damn near fighting the whole game. And Coughlin being the fact that they, that was his star player, willingly turned a blind eye. Eli turned a blind eye. They left that man on an island. And then had the audacity to get on him when he started acting out. That's that's around the time that I started losing respect for these New York football giants. So, yeah, I'm the GFK. Giant football killer. <laughs> Serial killer. <laughs> But yeah, this last this last uh, this last week's game, 
I'm going to keep this short and sweet. I, I, I really don't want to be turning the knife as much as I am. But I'm going to keep this uh, recap short and sweet when it comes to the Giants. Because I still got to get into my JT. It's just your Jets. This last game against Washington Redskins, Daniel Jones actually had a pretty good game. A couple of times I was watching it. I ain't going to lie. Every time he starts scrambling, I'm like, yeah, fumble, fumble, fumble. Oh, shit. All right, he got it. Now, that was that was the hate in me. I, I don't know. I just, I, I was looking for material. Like, yo, the more they fuck up, the more material I'm going to have. And fuck up, did they? Fuck up, they did. Huh. My man, how in the hell did you drop that pass at the end of the game? How? Like, how is that possible? The ball was right in his hands. They He catches that ball. They go up 10 with little more than half the, la- half the, half the fourth quarter remaining. You had, they, the deep, never mind about the fact that the defense had Tyler Haneke, Heineke, whatever the fuck his name is, no matter how bad the defense had him looking like white chocolate, white Michael Vick in the flesh. How do you, how do you drop that ball? So instead of getting a touchdown, they get a field goal. Towards the end of the half, they had a chance to get a field goal. And two consecutive false starts pushed them back out of field goal range. And those points that they were able to convert on came back to bite them in the end. Joe Judge is a conservative coach. Jason Garrett is a conservative offensive coordinator. When they got the interception deep in Washington territory with about Two minutes remaining. They played for the field goal. Field goal is only going to have you up by one point. Your defense has not proven that you could stop Taylor Heineke or Tyler Heineke or, like I said, whatever the hell his name is. You know, if I was interested in joining the New York football giant fandom, you know what the Giants would be to me? They would be a strobe light honey, a.k.a. a strobe light hoe. Skipped the line, I paid the dime, <laughs> hung on my coat, and that was time. <laughs> Until the lights came on and realized what kind of ugly beast have I been dancing with this whole night. I got to get my ass the fuck up out of here. That, that's what the New York Giants are right now. Strobe light honeys. They sucker you in. Because I, I, I ain't going to lie. I was watching the game. I was like, yo, they're actually going to pull this out. Until they did it. And I didn't really have any glee. I'm not going to lie. If the time permitted... I was going to give the Giants the overcourting part. Yeah. You know, with a lot of background noise and shit, 
I was going to make them earn this pristine audio that you're hearing in your ears right now. Pause. But, you know, the way things happen, I guess they say, you know what, Mike? You know what, Donnie? Yeah, I know I slipped up. Stop being that petty. <laughs> anyway, okay. So these are the notes that I took throughout the game. And I'm going to read them verbatim because I ain't going to get biased like the rest of the media. Just like I read my Jets notes verbatim, I'm going to read these Giants notes verbatim. Five straight years starting at 0-2. Eight of the last nine years, 0-2. Last time above 500 was the end of 2016. Galladay. Oh, yeah. Galladay, in the whole season, has gone at seven receptions for 102 yards. Galladay was shown on the sideline barking in the direction of Daniel Jones and Jason Garrett. But it looked like it was Daniel Jones was receiving it. Galladay, to his credit, did clarify that he was barking at Jason Garrett. Okay, so instead of barking at your starting quarterback, you're barking at your offensive coordinator when in two games you only got seven catches for 102 yards. Penalties kill them. Four starts out the wazoo. And when I say out the wazoo, out the wazoo, four starts at the end of the first half will come back to bite them. And come back to bite them, that's exactly what they did. The drop TD by Slayton. I'm so glad I got this note because I damn sure blanked on his name. I don't know how I blank on the man that dropped the winning touchdown. Saquon, not confident in me. He actually said it himself. He was like, yeah, I'm still trying to get confidence in the knee. If he's still trying to get confidence in the knee, guess what? Y'all fucked. Didn't capitalize on the interception. Two minutes left in the game. The penalty. Oh, yeah, that was another one. See, this is why, I, this is why it pays to take notes, people. The penalty on Dexter Lawrence. On the field goal at the end of the game, the full start penalty at the end of the game. Matter of fact, not the full start, the offside penalty at the end of the game. Because Washington actually missed that field goal. But due to that offsides by Dexter Lawrence, they moved up five yards, had a had a redo, and they kicked it between the uprights for the come from behind victory. The New York Giants were way too conservative at the end of the game. And the last note that I wrote in while I was actually doing this segment. Cursed. Sent the boat trip in 2016. Now, what does that bring? Where does that bring us to now? I have no idea. Any of my Giants fans out there. I know they are out there. Any of my Giants fans out there. If you have any, any, any comments. If you have any ideas on what you believe the Giants can do to improve their fortunes for the for the remaining 15 games of the season, y'all know how to hit me up. Do y'all know how to hit me up? Well, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna let y'all know how to hit me up. Donnie.u at gmail.com. Donnie.u at gmail.com. Donnie.o-o-a-h ha ha o-o-h-h ha ha at gmail.com. Or you can hit me on the Twitter. At Donnie Ooh, 
Or you can hit me at the IG, the Instagram. Guess where that's at? At Donnie Ooh. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I guess if y'all are over a certain age, or should I say around my age bracket, which is the tender age of 45, you can hit me on Facebook. Guess where? At Donnie Ooh. Matter of fact, haha. See, I'm showing my age. Facebook doesn't have at. So on Facebook, it's just plain old Donnie Ooh. Yeah, because I really have no ideas because I got a lot of problems when it comes to my own J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. You know what I'm going to do for this segment? I'm going to do something that normally I would do behind the scenes, but I feel like being an open book this week. Well, when am I never not an open book? I'm on an open book every week. Actually, I choose to open your ears so you can hear this crisp, clean audio that's going through your ears. I know it's not that crisp. Come on, just indulge me, all right? But what I'm going to do for this segment is I'm going to incorporate and go down the line of the notes that I took for this past Sunday's New York Jets, New England Patriot game. And then I'll just fucking branch off from there. So this segment and this podcast will not be overly long. Because I really just don't want it to be overly long. I want to get short to the point, which I kind of rambled over, which I'm doing right now. So let's begin. Michael Carter, the running back, the rookie running back, I believe the fourth round running back for the New York Giants is going to definitely he's going to be special. Potentially, he showed lots of lots of burst. He showed strength. He showed IQ. And he showed a running style that should benefit him to, with this zone running that the Jets' new hierarchy is implementing. I'll give the offensive line due. The offensive line did a damn good job. The defense did a damn good job. You know who didn't get a job? Yeah, my next line of these damn notes. Zach Wilson. Do you know Zach Wilson threw four interceptions? Do you know Zach Wilson's first three passes were interceptions? Do you know Zach Wilson threw four interceptions in his first 10 attempts of a game for the first time, I believe, since when? Don't know. But I do know this. Zach Wilson was on a very dubious list, and though and that list consists of three, two other Jets who threw four or more interceptions without a touchdown in a game. The other two Jets were Sam Donald. I believe against the Miami Dolphins, that nightmare down in Miami where he had the quote-unquote foot injury that led him on the bench for like two weeks, and then when he came back, he had a solid end stretch of his rookie year. Other Jet quarterback on that list, on that very dubious list, would be one and only Mark Sanchez. Yes, th these are ain't notes. This is in my head because I'm the man. Mark Sanchez, I believe, had a five or six interception game in his rookie season at home against the Buffalo Bills in a game that he that the New York Jets ultimately won behind 300 yards rushing. By the tandem of Thomas Jones, Sean Green, and I believe Brad Smith. 
But still, that's not a list you want to be on. You see, what Zach showed to me, and I'm far from an expert, I'm far from a pro, and trust me, I'm just going based on the uh, TV feed. I don't have, I'm which go, I don't have the all 22. I don't have the coaches film. I don't have none of that. But clear as day, Zach totally ignores his checkdowns, totally ignores the gimme. He's always looking to push it down the field too aggressive. He's way too aggressive, especially against a defense. What Bill Belichick implemented, he dropped eight back because the Jets were so worried about pass protection. They were only send about three people in three people out in patterns. New England has eight defenders back there. And instead of taking the gimme, the five yard, the six yard, the flat, the outlet. Zach is trying to push it up, push it up field, push it up field, push it up field. And that just was a recipe for chaos. Another thing that has been a recipe for chaos is the second consecutive week, he was late going across the middle to a potential receiver and not even a deep receiver, a shallow receiver. It seems like he is late on all of his reads. Especially this past this past game. All of his reads were late. All of his reactions were about a second late. And when you're ignoring the, the gimme and you're late, that combination is a recipe for disaster. The running game and the defense were the only positives. Zach Wilson never gave them a chance to win. Now, you throw, the, you throw the interception the first one. Fine. You get the ball back. They run. They're getting six, seven yards a chunk. Then, next time you throw it, you give it right back. Defense comes back. They hold. You come out. You give it right back. The defense was gassed. Defense was gassed. But they was only down 10-zip in the first half. 10-3, 10-zip, 10-3. I don't remember. I just know it was I, I I had toned out of the actual score and I was just concerned with what they were doing, how they were doing, body language, any flares on the on the sideline, any flares on the field. And to their credit, none. The crowd did boo Zach Wilson and to his credit, which is ver- the uh, the little bit of credit I'm gonna give him this week. He did say, well, yeah, I I deserve to get booed. We didn't play well. I didn't play well. Now, the one thing I will say is the lack of a veteran backup is glaring. I'm not saying you should have got or they should have got a veteran to compete for the job. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is situations like what happened this past Sunday where to me, he was flustered. There's no way in hell you throw three back-to-back-to-back interceptions and you're not going to be flustered. The rest of the game, he was even more hesitant than late on his throws. 
if you have a competent backup, veteran backup, you can choose to sit him down. I'm not saying for the rest of the game, but sit him down just to calm him down, just to let him refocus and uh, try to execute the game plan at hand. Coach, Coach Sala said, what Zach has to learn how to do is it's okay to win boring. It's okay to succeed boring. Everything doesn't need to be flashy. Everything, everything doesn't need to be in one shot. You chip, chip, chip away. The defense gave them ample opportunities to keep the game close, ample opportunities to break through. And every time they was on a verge of shifting the momentum, Zach Wilson and his selfish play snatched it away from them. If you have a competent backup, a veteran backup, a, a backup, a sage on that sideline, you could put him in there for a couple couple series to pretty much let or show Zach Wilson, all right, this is what we have to do. This is the game plan. This is what we need to accomplish. It's no different, and I always harken back to this, it's no different than what Dan Reeves and the Denver Broncos did with John Elway back in the day when they had Steve DeBerg. Do you know how many games in that rookie year Steve DeBerg used to come in in relief for John Elway? Or even in the middle of the game just for a couple series just to calm John Elway down? John Elway, when he came in the league, was like a, like a wild buck that needed to be tamed. And that's what they did. And 15 some odd years later, he finally reaped the rewards for what they instilled or what they did in that rookie year. I was the biggest John Elway fan. Quiet as kept. I used to love the Denver Broncos until they kept on getting stomped in the Super Bowl. And then I chose to move on. Now, back to my notes. He's definitely becoming rattled. And that was worrisome. Corey Davis is not a number one. That first interception, yes, it was a it was an ill thought of pass for that Zach Wilson, but it went right through Corey Davis's hands. Corey Davis, like I said last week, these are catches that you have to execute if you want to call yourself a number one receiver. And uh, this two weeks in a row, he's proven the naysayers right. Jamison Crowder and Mims was inactive. Controversy surrounding both decisions. They said Mims is uh, showing improvement in practice, and there's a possibility he will, uh, you know, maybe break through. Salah keeps on holding steadfast that he needs he needs to learn all three positions or so forth. He needs to learn the the responsibilities of of special teams and that everybody has to earn their spot. Yes. Mims is very talented. Yes. Every time he is on the field, positive things happen. But if you're trying to instill a culture, you have to have a culture of you put in the hard work, you earn it. Your talent is only going to call, which going to carry you. But so far. And to me, Mims has not accomplished anything in the league yet. For an incoming head coach, an incoming regime to totally look up, take a uh, turn a blind eye and just insert him into the lineup 
when he's not doing what is asked of that regime, of that coaching staff. So it is what it is. Crowder, they said it was a groin, but a lot of times when it comes to cornerbacks, wide receivers, when the contract dispute, they, they which go down happy. They always say hamstring, groin. You can't disprove it. And I don't know. There's something going on there because Crowder is very much needed. It just seems like they're not trying to even have him on the team. And uh, this is something that needs to be looked into. It was a very disheartening loss. I hope it doesn't stunt his development. Back to the notes. Play calling on the drive that led to the third interception was avoidable. If a runner call instead, they get points on the board and keep it respectable. The result was momentum flipped permanently. Interesting tone at the press conference. Yes, it was a very interesting tone at the press conference. Everybody that they spoke to, or should I say the coach, his demeanor and the words that he said would lead you to believe that he was very displeased in the decisions that Zach Wilson made. If it was physical, so be it. The decisions were one of a maverick, one of a hot shot, one of a person that wanted to show off for the for the home faithful and it backfired it backfired uh stupendously it really did now a stone a stern tone on wilson from the coach it sounds like wilson is directly responsible well four interceptions three on the first three passes yeah you're directly responsible Almost like he went off script with his decisions. Way too aggressive. Even the analysts are pissed. Selfish thinking. Too confident but stubborn. Wonder how he's going to bounce back. Yeah, I really do. Wonder if he's going to take the criticism in stride. I believe that he read the press clippings from his successful quarter and a half that he had against the Carolina Panthers when, I'm not going to lie, they were playing the majority of the rest of that game in prevent defense. The pass rush subsided greatly, and he had time to pick them apart. And being the fact that, like I said, nobody has expectation for this team, and we're going to pick apart things to try to shine some type of sunlight on this dreadful season, I believe he read those clippings and he came into this home, this home opener looking to prove to the home faithful that, yeah, he's that dude. Yeah. Sam might have which score. Sam might look good, but y'all got me now. And I'm, and I'm that, and I'm that dude. And I don't think I, like I said previously, it back, right? It backfired stupendously. I wonder if the slight praise went to his head and he wanted to prove it too much. I didn't like his answers in the presser at all. A lot of things was we, 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 we didn't execute. We need to play better. We need to do this. We need to do that. No, it should have been I, 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 me. Yes, I. Because in this, the one thing that that Sam did to a fault was last year, in the year prior, everything was I, I, I. When it was clear as day, it was Adam Gase. I'm not saying that. Zach should take full responsibility when it's not his fault, but this one was his fault. We're in New York. We're in Gotham. We're in the Big Apple. 
you're going to a lot of respect. If you just say, I, first thing I heard, we, 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 we what? Oh, now you French? Nah, nah. I, I shouldn't have thrown that pass. I shouldn't have made that decision. I need to do better. I need to execute. I need to calm down. That should have been the only thing in his fucking vocabulary. We should not have been his vo in vocabulary whatsoever. He didn't take as much ownership as I would have liked. No, he didn't. Lots of fake praise for the opposition to mask his mistakes. Yeah, you know, uh, yeah, that's a hell of a team. That's a hell of a defense. Uh, you know, they just, uh, yeah, they did this, they did that. He wasn't even recognizing the coverages that he threw the, he threw the, he threw the interceptions to. He kept on saying, yeah, you know, they wasn't doing anything special. You know, they were just, uh, which goes, strict man. No, you they do in the zone. They were dropping eight. If they're dropping eight, guess what? It's a zone. If you're getting your ass heated up, guess what? It's a blitz. They play a man. Or even a man under. No, they were playing zone. So that's why I say a lot of fake praise for the opposition because if you build that opposition and you don't succeed, you can also say, well, you know, it's only my second game and, you know, it is New England. New England was all right, but New England was very beatable. If that was a different team, if the Jets was a different team, albeit if we had a decent quarterback, a quarterback, mistake-free quarterback, that game would have been a lot closer than what it ended up being. But it wasn't. Now, next next week, who do they play? I don't know. I'll be blunt. I don't know. Should I pause this to see who they play? No. You know why? Because it really doesn't matter. The only thing that matters is his progress. The only thing that matters is this team's progress. And the one thing I will say, the defense is ahead of schedule. The secondary, even though I believe Mac Jones isn't the quarterback to truly test that secondary. That secondary did hold up. Mosley was a beast. Lawson, Shaq Lawson, did get a sack. He did show. He did have a little bit of pressure. Uh, Franklin Myers did show up. So those are pluses we can take. Our kicking game, I don't know. I don't know. But tell you the truth, our kicking game is the last of our. It's the least our concerns right now. Zach Wilson needs to step that shit up. And we need to figure out what's going on with Jameson. I mean, Jameson Crowder. And we need to know what's going on with Mims. Because we got two deep, damn good receivers that's on the sideline that's not being utilized that can greatly help the development of Zach Wilson. Or we're going to get Sam Donald part deux. And nobody wants part deux. Do you? <laughs> okay. That brings us to the end. Of another edition of the Sorted Thoughts of Donnie U podcast. Yeah. I swear. I feel like shaking my legs like I'm the junkyard dog. And give somebody the big thump. Shout out to the sponsor. The Lewis Snapback Box. It's been a while since me and the sponsor have had a meeting. Probably explains my ornery attitude in the past. Past. Huh. Anywho, 
probably TMI, probably way too much information. But it's on tape, so fuck it. Yeah. Next week will probably be more than more of the same. We will be more entrenched in this NFL season. My Jets will probably be 0-3. The New York football giants. Eh, they might get a victory. You know what? I hope they get a victory. Because if they don't get a victory, it's actually probably going to start getting more difficult to come up with the different ways of why they didn't get a victory. So if they get a victory, at least we got some positivity in these here parts. You see, I'm trying to spread my horizon. I mean, I, this could be all about the Jets, but the Jets are not the story here the jets are not the enthralling story because everybody know the jets suck this is supposed to be the year the giants shine and shine they should because if they don't then they won't shine it's as easy as that so yeah so we're going to be talking about the nfl next week i was going to give a eulogy on the mets but they're still digging themselves not out the hole they're just digging themselves a deeper 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 grave so uh when we could start really filling up that plot then i'll give the official eulogy on these not so amazing new york mets i might sprinkle in a little bit of wrestling depending on how the next seven days go with this wrestling world world shit we have AEW debuting in New York, debuting in Queens at the Arthur Ashe Center for AEW Dynamite t- tonight. Or oh, I almost said tomorrow night, but I am recording this on a Wednesday morning tonight, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on TNT. The featured match on that card, well, close and dear to my heart, is... The debut of the American Dragon, Brian Danielson, formerly Daniel Bryan of the WWE, going against a non-title match, Kenny Omega representing the Elite, also the AEW World Heavyweight Champion. Yeah, so depending on you know things coming out of that show and the rampage show also emanating from arthur ass stadium in queens i might sprinkle in some wrestling or at least give like you know a little sprinkle of thought for between now and next wednesday you know one thing i realized i'm like darn wednesdays i'm actually sometimes i'm around around saturday sunday i start itching i'm like darn i'm i'm i'm, I'm missing something am i Aren't I supposed to be recording? Aren't I supposed to be recording? I'm like, damn, but, but no, I can't record until at least sun, at least Monday night. Because I want to make sure that I am very up to date when it comes to the NFL. Because if I'm not up to date with the NFL, guess what my listenership will be? I will not have the li- listenership not for long. Or should I say, this podcast will end up being the No Fun League. 
I am rambling. I just saw the time is 4.44, so you know what that means. Here gonna plugs. EasyTree.me slash Royal Donnie Ooh. EasyTree.me slash Royal Donnie Ooh for everything Donnie Ooh. This podcast you're listening to can be reached at EasyTree.me slash Royal Donnie Ooh. This podcast you're listening to can be reached at, or should I say, can be listened, heard, whatever the hell you want to say, because I'm trying to get tired on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor. Google, is that such a thing? Not on YouTube yet, but pretty much any place you want to listen to podcasts, you can listen to boy, your boy, Don, your boy, truly yours, your boy. Oh, what the fuck? Y'all know what I'm trying to say. I done fucked up that plug, but the most important part of that plug that you should remember it's easytree.me slash Rudder Donnie Oo for Donnie Oo merch, Donnie Oo music, Donnie Chow music. And once again, the Salty Thoughts Donnie Oo podcast that you're listening to right now can be reached at easytree.me slash Rudder Donnie Oo. Shout out to Downtown Sports, Jonathan Periente, Mouth of the South. Shout out to them people. Shout out to them boys. Shout out to the Black Wrestling Podcast, the homie Cal, Brother Fan, Math, Drip. You can catch them, like, subscribe on YouTube, listen to them on Spotify. But I believe they would like you to watch them on YouTube. They drop each and every Saturday. And at least once a month, they do a live a live episode Thursday nights. That's why you must like and subscribe. So when they go live, you can be one of the first to hear them, or you could just interact or you can get on a live chat or you could do all that stuff that you would do when one would go live. Either way, check out the boys, check out the homies at the black wrestling podcast. While you're at it, check out the black announce table and Public Enemies Podcast, the Holy Trinity of Black Wrestling. Check out the Baseline NBA Podcast. The Baseline NBA Podcast, one of the many podcasts from the 19 Media Group. Check more on the 19 Media Group at 19mediagroup.com. For more information on the podcasting network that they're currently growing as we speak right now. But check out the latest episode of the Baseline NBA podcast. This week, they're talking about Frank Nilakina signing from signing with the Dallas Mavs. Zach Levine hoping to extend in Chicago. They will also be talking about. Guys who they believe need some hoops redemption. Kimber Walker, Julius Randle, Jaron Jackson, all that and more on the Baseline NBA podcast. Everywhere where podcasts are available. Wow. That was a rough plugging segment. 
cause. And I am not going to get in the habit of saying that. I actually apologize for saying that because I just do. Because that's never really been in my fucking vernacular. So, ugh. Anywho, this in, this outro is going on fucking 10 minutes. 10 minutes. Nine and change as we're talking. So, before I mess up this outro any more than I already have, I am going to bid y'all adieu to next week. Goodbye. Bye. I hung my coat, and now it's time To move to the forefront, make my round Say peace and give a pound, have a drink, get down I'm on the floor, besides the door The sound is rich, and I ain't poor I'm looking for Susie, or Wendy, or Judy But look at her, well, look at her, well, look at her. Who, me? Yes, you sweetie, I've always hard to see thee I see your silhouette, and what I see has got me needy I'm needing for a second of your time But then I reckon that a second is too short Let me try, you're slamming But anyway, I'd like to say I'm dressed up, the black sheep give you play Step out on the light, come show off yourself <laughs> Yo, I'm sorry, I thought you were someone else I gotta go, I gotta go, I gotta go I gotta go, I gotta go, I gotta go I gotta go, I gotta go, I gotta go Just don't know, honey, I just don't know Gotta go, I gotta go, I gotta go I gotta go, I gotta go, I gotta go I gotta go, I gotta go, I gotta go See, something ain't right It's the strobe light Van Damme, oh man, you went out, you went out I cannot dig it, I cannot dig it No, black yo, I cannot dig it Lesson, hun. I mean, uh, it's, uh, it's nice looking at you. I, I just have to go. My man's right Where over there. Going? I have to go. My huh? I'm on my way, Black. I'm on Do my. You have a number or something? Listen, it's uh seven six five four three two one. What area code is that? One nine hundred. Listen here, dear. Step to the rear. Find yourself a seat. Buy yourself a beer. Eat some pretzels. Go play some videos. Thank you for your time, honey. But how I gotta go? I think I lost my coat. And plus I'm double parked. I thought you was my girl. You see, I can't see in the dark. Anyway, I'm out. Out is what I be, I've got to step with the viscosity. When you see a honey by the strobe light, black, I hope you got good sight. For honey that you see, like a Shakespeare soliloquy, may or may not be all that. In fact, quite whack with the girl that makes you stop crack. But neither here nor there, fear, unless of course you don't care. Listen, baby girl, let me say it slow. I have to go. Not to this, but let's disperse. Yo, I'll see you later unless I see you first. I gotta go, I gotta go, I gotta go. go. I gotta go, I gotta go, I gotta go. go. I gotta go, I gotta go, I gotta go. go. Just don't know, honey, I just don't know. Gotta go, I gotta go, I gotta go. go. I gotta go, I gotta go, I gotta go. go. I gotta go, I gotta go, I gotta go. go. See, something ain't right. It's the stroll like. I can't swing tonight, so I'll uh, try to take a hike, go fly.